you've given us a foundation of faith in your healing power. And so, Father, we do believe in your healing power. And, and Father, not only the sick getting well, but the well staying healed. And so, Father, we thank you that we can live lives of divine health all the days of our lives until our last breath on the earth. And so we thank you for that. And we give you the praise and the honor for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so we're getting close to the end of the year here. And so we'll, uh, we'll be starting uh, 2022 or January 2022. We'll, be, uh, we'll have completed our seventh year, right? And so we're actually starting into our eighth year uh, on the first Sunday of January 2022, right? Uh, and, um, uh, and of course, Miss Sue's been here with us since day one. Uh, I don't know if, uh, do you remember the very first question that you asked? It wasn't the last question you asked, uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but the, the, uh, the very first question that Sue asked was, uh, if God wants us to be well, then how are we supposed to die? Because the general thought is that you have to get sick and then die, right? Uh, that was the very first question. And, and uh, of course, we didn't know each other then. You know, she might have thought, I got I to really want to stump them, you know. Uh, that was an easy question, you know. Uh, I'm still waiting for her to give me some hard questions on healing. Uh, but, um, but. Uh, yeah. Really? Well, you remember Jesus said that he lays his life down and he picks it back up, right? And so, in other words, it was his choice. The, mo- the, the time that he died on the cross was at his choosing, not because he suffered enough that, that the sickness and the, the pain and the agony of the, the, uh, the torment that he went through overcame him. He picked the time and the hour that he was going to choose to leave his body. Uh, and, of course, Paul had that same thing, you know, to stay or to go, you know. He said, to, to depart from you is better far better because I'll be with Christ, but to stay with you is better for you. Uh, and, uh, and of course, later on, he said, I've, I've run my course, I've finished my race. Uh, and, you know, Peter said the same types of things. Uh, and, uh, you know, they were all saying, look, you know, uh, I think I've done the work that I need to do here. I'm ready to go home. Uh, and uh, Brother Hagin always said, if you hear that I've, uh, that I've died, you'll know that I've been satisfied and it was time for me to go. Uh, and so, and I believe once you get close to that time that if you, you start negotiating with the Lord, you know, because he did set a maximum time on men's lives of 120 years. And, um, um, you know, after a certain point in time, you know, I think you can start negotiating the Lord of what day you, do you want to retire, right? Just like when you're at work, you know, what day do you want to retire? When's your last day at work? Uh, and so uh, uh, then, you know, you get free cake, right? You get presents and things. And so, hey, I'm going home to be with the Lord Jesus next week, you know. Bring me some cake. Uh, and so, um, and that's really God's ideal, right? That's his ideal. I know much of the church, probably most of the church, doesn't live that way, doesn't experience that, but I believe that's God's best for his people that we leave at our timing. We leave uh, when uh, he and us agree together that it's time for us to go home uh, and not uh, have to be forced out by sickness and disease, amen? Uh, most of the church is forced out of this natural life by sickness and disease, and I don't believe at all from the Word of God that it's His plan, uh, that, that that's His desire for us to leave that way, amen? Uh, and so, now Sue's going to spend all the Christmas break uh, trying to find, find a hard question to ask next, you know. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Um, um, yeah, but see, I don't know if that's true or not, right? So uh, I guess, um, well, I mean, that goes back to the question of uh, is when you kill a plant, is that death? You know, I know the vegan people don't believe that. I don't really care either way, but it is the end of a life, right? I mean, it well, does. In, in, before sin, though, you didn't kill a plant. You got your fruit. The fruit from that. That's right. You didn't, you didn't actually kill the plant. You just took the fruit of the plant, right? Um, and so... Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, uh, regardless, it'll be nice when we get to heaven, though, right? And so, but I, I would have a tendency to, to lean more towards your uh, thoughts there, Sue, that, uh, that there we know eating of meat, uh, because we're going to get to sit down with the lamb and the lion, you know, right, and all those types of things. And they're not going to sit down to you if you're looking at them for dinner, right? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, so, yeah, but... Um, 
So we finished up actually the first of, of four books from uh, Dr. Yeomans last week, right? And so the book that we've been using, uh, His Healing Power, is really her, uh, they just, the publishers just put her smaller, four small books together uh, and into one uh, larger book there for our benefit. So we finished up the first book. The second book is called The Great Physician. Uh, and so let's turn over to John chapter 12 um, uh, and uh, we'll get started there today. So, uh, of course, all of these are just more insights uh, and understanding that uh, Dr. Yeomans had. And if you remember, she was, uh, uh, was trained uh, and worked as a medical physician. You know, she was one of the first women to receive a medical degree, I think, from the University of Michigan. And um, she practiced medicine, but uh, her personality type was just to go all the time. And so in order to support that, that drive that she had, she, would, she had got uh, hooked up in a morphine and, um, and other drugs uh, because they were, they were amphetamines. You know, they, they would allow her to, to uh, go longer hours without sleep and drive herself. And of course, you know, you think, well, of all people, physicians shouldn't be, you know, uh, shouldn't be addicted to drugs, right? But uh, you recognize any physicians addicted to drugs today? I'm sure there are, right? Uh, any psychiatrists have got mental problems? I'm sure there are, right? Uh, any overweight doctors, you know, not eating right? You know, I mean, there's plenty of those too, right? Uh, and so uh, any doctors who smoke, right? Which is, uh, there's plenty of, uh, you know, uh, and so she, she was not unlike many doctors who got involved in things that she ought not get involved with. And then, of course, once you get to that point, then it controls your life, right? And, and we understand that as a human being, as a created human being, you have a sovereign will. In other words, your will um, does not have to answer to anybody, including the Lord Jesus, right? Because we choose to accept him. He doesn't make us accept him. Uh, and so, uh, but you can get to a point where, where your body has, drives you so much that it, it appears as if you don't have a choice. You always do have a choice, but it's it's so difficult to to uh, exert your free will in a situation like that because your body has got such large demands that uh, it really takes a person of extraordinary uh, will to do that. And so, you know, uh, of course, a lot of people, they try to go cold turkey in situations like that. And on occasion, people are successful, but most of the time they're unsuccessful because they don't have the willpower to overcome uh, the, the voice of their body in, in trying to overcome those types of addictions. And so that's where she found herself and, and she tried everything in the world and finally she tried the Lord. Uh, she did try to try the Lord prior to trying other things. She'd gone to churches and they said, well, you know, uh, sorry, we really can't help you, you know, uh, even though the church is supposed to be the container of the power of God and the carriers of the power of God and the promises of God. Uh, but many churches don't carry that power. Many churches, you know, don't know that it's available to them or don't want to know that it's available, available to them. So, uh, and you know, uh, th that's the thing and it's been my experience too that even in the charismatic world, I've tried to, uh, in my personal life, needed help in some areas, went to people that should have been able to help me, they didn't help me. Uh, and where do you go? I mean, if you go to the people who are supposed to help you and they don't help you, where do you go, right? Uh, and so in some of those cases, uh, the Lord showed me to find my help in the word of God, you know, not through you didn't give me any kind of, you know, new age thing of meditation and, you know, yoga. And, you know, and, you know, I don't you know, would do whatever you want to and all that stuff. But that's he didn't give me any natural means to do to solve the problem. He gave me the word. Uh, and so um, so she she in this book, then she's she's coming from the standpoint of Jesus is our great physician. Uh, and as the great physician, people desire to see him. And so she starts out here in John chapter uh, 12. She said in verse 21, it says, And the same um, came therefore to Philip, which was a Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Uh, and so she said that, you know, when healing is in, is in manifestation and being exercised, people want to see Jesus. Uh, and that's, you know, people were drawn to Jesus. They wanted to see Jesus. And that should be, you know, a motivation for us to learn how not to just receive healing, but also how to minister healing. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's uh, awesome and to your advantage, obviously, to learn how to receive healing for your own self. But uh, you also uh, need to learn how to how to administer healing 
because then it will draw people to Jesus because do you have any inherent healing ability in yourself? Uh, you don't have any uh, 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 ability to heal supernaturally, but you know the one who has the ability to heal supernaturally. Uh, and if we as a church can learn how to yield to that and learn how to work with that healing power of God, then it'll draw people to Jesus, right? Uh, you know, I understand in the history of the church, there's been plenty of times when people will learn how to work with that healing power and then receive all the glory into themselves, right? Which is really dumb and, and short-sighted and uh, not going to last very long to do that. And, and they've all, every one of them without exception, get themselves in trouble and find out that, uh, you know, they really don't have any power to heal. Amen. Uh, but um, but we, we want to have the ability to... Um, to carry the power of God because it, people will come here and say, we would see Jesus. And, that, and, if, and if you're a person who uh, has trained themselves about how to pray for the sick and uh, help people to get healed, then they're going to come to you and say, we want to see Jesus move. Because uh, they'll, hopefully they'll know that it's not you, right? I know sometimes they get that mixed up in the personalities, but uh, always point to the Lord Jesus whenever these things are going on, right? Uh, and then she talked about uh, the example. We turn over to the book of Acts, chapter 3 there. But if he's the great physician, then people want to see him, right? And, of course, the greatest doctors, the best doctors in the natural world, uh, people want to go see the best doctors, right? If they get some terminal sickness, they'll start Googling who's the best doctor for this thing, whatever it is, right? You find out some guy in, in the, the foothills of, of East Tennessee has got, you know, a, a very high percentage success rate in that sickness, that's the one you want to go see, right? Uh, you don't want to go see the doctor said, wow, I've never seen that before. Uh, you know, that's not the guy you want to go see, right? Uh, and so you want to find the guy that, that has done that before successfully many times. Uh, and so uh, here in the story with uh, Peter uh, and John at the, uh, at the Gate Beautiful, uh, it says uh, when Jesus or Peter was talking to the man in verse 6, Said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Uh, and it says there that uh, in verse 11, and the, and the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, um, all the people ran together unto them into the porch that is called Solomon's greatly wondering. So, uh, and, and it's really kind of um, the whole plan of the Lord from the beginning that uh, the church would use the power of God to draw people together to give them uh, more information about the gospel. Uh, and we see that with Jesus, that uh, in fact, we were talking about that this morning in church about how Jesus would go and teach and preach and the Lord would, would then... Um, uh, have signs following and then he would have start getting larger and larger crowds and sometimes he would say great multitudes and um, when he taught the, uh, the 5,000 and uh, it's before he fed them supernaturally he says he first taught them and then he healed all of them and then he fed them and the Bible called that 5,000 a great multitude so anytime you see the great multitude you know it's talking about thousands of people right uh, and so uh, uh, and other times People would just hear of Jesus. Well, I heard of Jesus and I've heard what he can do and they would be drawn to him. Uh, and so, you know, as the great physician, uh, people will be drawn to the church. And it's really the, the, one of the best evangelistic tools uh, that you can have. Uh, and, you know, and even, you know, even around here uh, in today's society, you know, the church has got a little bit of work to do to overcome some of the stigma because, uh, you know, I know even here at the church uh, that we're at today, we've had, uh, even the last year, we've had some uh, pretty uh, great healings to occur, right? But then people outside the church are really skeptical. Well, I don't really believe that, you know. Uh, you know, I don't, you know, you know, you were probably fine before then, right? Uh, and of course, they weren't fine before that. Uh, John, you weren't fine before that, right? Uh, and so, uh, but we're not going to be deterred. We're going to keep doing that, and we're going to keep seeing an increase in the, the amount of healings that we have. Uh, and at some point, uh, it, it'll help people to be drawn to the Lord Jesus. Amen. Uh, yes. And so, so it, it's always been a, an important part of the growth of the church. 
And, you know, I, I know in, in today's society, there's all kinds of, of uh, uh, church growth seminars you can go to. And here's how to paint, you know, colors of your church to make it more inviting. And here's how to, you know, have thicker chairs to make it more inviting. And here's the kind of music you should play to make it more inviting. And here's, you know, stop wearing your suits and ties to make it more inviting. And, you know, uh, and, and it's all it's all marketing, right? It's all gimmicks. It's all, you know, uh, dog and pony shows. Uh, but when you go through the book of Acts, their marketing plan was raise a few people from the dead, heal a few people from major sicknesses and disease, and people were drawn to the Lord Jesus. And to me, even if it's slower to do it that way, uh, I think it's a much better long-term plan, right? Uh, because that's the, that's the plan. If you go through the book of Acts, every time the church grew, there was only one of two reasons it would ever grow. And the first one was, was either, and the majority of the time, it, w- it was signs of wonders and miracles, right? Or it was a teaching of faith. Those are the only two uh, methods in the book of Acts where the church would grow uh, because of one of those two reasons. Uh, and uh, how far have we come from that in the church today, right? Uh, and, it's, uh, uh, and of course, a lot of times uh, it's, it's always a competition and people trying to steal sheep all the time and trying to get your sheep from there, you know, and, uh, and it's just a big mess, right? Yeah. And I'll say, what's, what's, what's it for? And yeah. Say, well, you know, it's to draw more people into the church. And, you know, and it's never, they'll, ne- they'll never say evangelism. Yeah. Which I can go for that. But right. It's always like, yeah, like you were talking about, you know, <coughs> yeah, and, and stuff you can do. And, and I mean, you know, I'm not mad at anybody. And I got no problem with advertising. You know, people need to know that you exist, you know, and, and uh, uh, you know, that you're here, that you're in a uh, church, right? I've had people come to the church here uh, years after we were here, and I said, I didn't even know this was a church. Oh, you mean the giant sign on the front of the church didn't give you a clue, right? In fact, we had a guy, and, and I still, to this day, I think there's something suspicious. He kind of drove up in the, in the parking lot just before the church ended on Sunday morning and kind of uh, was about to jump, run into the church. And, of course, uh, Jerry's back there, and he went outside and talked to the fellow. He goes, I, I, thought, I thought, do you guys sell cheeseburgers? I thought this is a... Uh, and I thought, he's either on drugs or something because, you know, I don't know how you... But I have had people tell me I didn't even know this was a church, you know. Uh, and uh, because we look like what? I mean, I don't know what we look like if we don't look like a church, but, you know. Uh, and so, uh, you know, the, the balance you've got to find is uh, where you've got to get to in your heart, really, as a church is you, you can't be looking at the way the Lord wants to do it and say, well, that doesn't work. Let's replace that with my ideas. That's where we get into trouble, right? So, you know, I got no problem with with putting your name in a paper and putting signs outside and that sort of thing. But when you say, well, you know, the Lord's method for increasing his church doesn't work. So let's let's try man's method. And if you go through and look at the uh, if you talk about evangelism, if you go look at through the plan of Jesus to we're in Acts chapter three, go back to Acts chapter one. Jesus, this is Jesus's plan for evangelism. Uh, And he said in verse eight. Uh, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So what, what event is he talking about in verse 8? After, you, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He's talking about Pentecost, right? He's talking about Acts chapter 2, verse 4, right? When the Holy Ghost came upon them. He said, uh, uh, now if you go back to uh, Luke chapter 27, or Luke chapter 24, uh, it says that go you tarry in Jerusalem until you're endued with power. So he had told them to go to Jerusalem and don't go anywhere else and don't do anything else until this event occurs. Uh, and he says, uh, after you get power, after, and that word power there is dunamis, right? It's a supernatural miracle working power of God. So Jesus said, don't go do anything. Don't be a witness. Now, you know, he'd sent the 70 out. He'd sent the, 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 uh, the apostles out. Uh, but then after uh, the, the death, burial, and resurrection, he said, don't do anything so there's 50 days, you know, at, from the from the day of Passover where he was crucified until the day of Pentecost. He said, "No, it's 50 days. Don't do anything. Don't preach the gospel. Don't go anywhere. Don't say anything. 
you to stay in Jerusalem until you get supernatural miracle work and power uh, upon you. He said, and then you shall be witnesses unto me in both Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the most parts of the earth. Uh, and so what was the head of the church? What was his plan for evangelism? It was the power of God, right? That, it's always been the, the, the plan of the head of the church for evangelism was the power of God. Uh, and what do we do for evangelism? Well, we come up with all these tricky, you know, the uh, four spiritual laws. Anybody heard of four spiritual laws? You know, I don't know what they are, but there's four spiritual laws apparently, right? Because uh, you, you learn this when you're in college in different, uh, different groups that you're involved in. Four spiritual laws or the Roman road. Anybody ever heard the Roman road, right? I don't know what that one is either, but uh, I just know the names of them. Uh, and then uh, anybody remember the, the little chiclet uh, books, the comic books that you used to have, right? Chick publications, right? Uh, those are awesome. I used to love, you know, the, the artwork is amazing in there, you know, but they were pretty in your face, right? Or you're going to die and burn in hell, right? If you don't accept Jesus. And, uh, and uh, they'd have all these agonizing people, you know, in hell screaming, you know, remember all those books like that, right? Uh, and, um, uh, and so that, so men would come up with, well, you know, the power of God, that ain't working. So let's come up with some cool slogans you want to, right? Let's get some cool, you know, trickery and some, some intellectual, you know, uh, uh, ways of doing things. And that's much better, right? Yeah, uh, expenditure that I question was the new logo for the church. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's like I said, it's, it's not, uh, you know, I'm not going to tell anybody, you know, I'm not going to say, well, you're wrong for doing that. I'm just saying, well, here's what the word says. Here's the plan that the head of the church gave to us. Uh, and um, I mean, you know, of course, uh, you guys got plenty of budget there, $2,000. You probably found that in your couch cushions anyway, right? So, I mean, it's... Uh, um, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, the accountants, you know, they're, they're always counting all the pennies there, right? Yeah, so, but this is the head of the church. This is his plan, right? Uh, and so what has men, what, what have men done since then, right? Well, we got to come up with a better way of doing it, right? We'll go out and let's, uh, let's go door-to-door, right? Anybody gone door-to-door witnessing? I've been door-to-door witnessing, you know, bunches of times. How many people are still in church today or even came to church because of door-to-door witnessing? Nearly zero, right? Uh, it's been my experience that in all the times we've done it here at the church has been zero, been have zero return on investment. That doesn't mean that you don't do things if it's the will of God to do them, uh, but uh, the, there was nothing in the word of God that said go door-to-door witnessing, right? Uh, the, the word of God says go get power, raise a few people from the dead, you know, heal a few people of major uh, sickness and disease. I mean, the, the man in Acts chapter 3, it kind of kicked it all off right there, right? Acts chapter, the man been there forever, Everybody knew him, you know, Bob at, at the Gate Beautiful, right? Hey, Bob, how you doing? Oh, doing pretty good, you know, and, and throw him a few trinkets every now and then, a few alms in his cup every day. Uh, but then Peter and James come along and get him healed, and then it, everything gets kicked off, right? Uh, and, of course, they had the event in Acts chapter 2 uh, with, the, with the descent of the Holy Ghost there with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. But the first miracle there was in Acts chapter 3 with the man at the Gate Beautiful. Uh, and then, you know, then everybody knew this is real. Yeah, then they knew that this is something real is going on. And at one point, you know, the historians tell us that there was probably as many as 80,000 people at the church of Jerusalem. Uh, and so um, that's pretty good, right? From just uh, a few fishermen that didn't know how to do anything, un- uh, ignorant and unlearned men, amen. Uh, and, um, you know, I know some people rail against big churches and, and um, you know, that's foolishness because... Nearly every church in the, in the book, in, in the scriptures, was a large church. Uh, and uh, it didn't always start out large. Remember, the Ephesian church started out with 12 people. Uh, but later on, it grew to be a large church and, and a, a regional church. Uh, and so uh, it's, it, having a big church, a small church, is neither here nor there. Uh, but uh, my desire is to follow the plan that the head of the church, uh, who said this in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, who is speaking at this time? It was the Lord Jesus, right? So what position does he hold? He's the head of the church, right? So if he's the head of the church and he told the church, this is what I want done, then what's our responsibility? To do things the way that the Lord wants us to do things, right? Uh, and uh, now, now who, who, who was he talking to? Was he only talking to apostles? How many people were in the upper room there in Acts chapter 2? 120, right? Uh, uh, later on in scriptures, 
Uh, do you remember how many people the Lord appeared to after he died before the day of Pentecost? 500 people, right? So uh, you think Jesus told every one of those 500 people to go to Jerusalem and tarry until you do it? Sure he did, right? Because that was the plan of the head of the church. He told all of them to go and don't do anything until you get the Holy Ghost. Uh, only 25% went. Now, the Lord Jesus appeared to him and said, go. 25% went. Uh, you know, that's an amazing uh, st statistic right there, right? So if the, the head of the church can only get 25% uh, people to, to obey him, you know, then, then, you know, we're doing pretty good if we get anything, right? I mean, uh, so, uh, you know, people would say, if I could just see Jesus, it wouldn't help. Uh, faith doesn't come by seeing Jesus. Faith comes by the word, right? Uh, people, if I could just see Jesus, 500 people saw him, only 25% did what he said to do. Uh, so, um, uh, I, you know, I, my, my desire is to follow the example that the head of the church uh, gave, gave to us and my faith and desire is to see it operate the way that, that he desires it to, to operate. Amen. And not to do it through the trickery of men and the, the cunning craftiness of men's words. Right. Uh, and so uh, so healing is an important part of the growth of the church in the book of Acts. And it should be an important and still is an important part of the growth of the church. Amen. Uh, and so uh, then then uh, she goes on in the first chapter and the first chapter is really a little bit of, about more of a, her testimony uh, and how that um, uh, she had been healed uh, 35 years. So this is 35 years after she was healed and she noted that she was healed uh, in the, the January of 1898. So that's about the time that she was she was alive. So 1898 is when she was healed. So um, it didn't say how old she was. I'm sure we could figure out from from whatever her birth date was. Uh, but um, she'd already graduated from medical school at this time, right? So she was probably in her 30s at this point in time uh, that she was healed then. And th so this was 35 years after this. She met somebody uh, and, they, and they said, they asked her, said, are, are you the same dope woman? That's what they called her. Are you the same dope woman, right? Yeah, you ever heard people say that? Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. Oh, that's dope, you know? Yeah. Well, we always use it as a pejorative, as a, you know, you were dumb, right? Hey, dope, you know. Uh, and uh, we had a whole list of names we called people that was unkind. Uh, dope was one of the many words that we used. But, uh, uh, but dope, you know, dope was uh, basically drugs, right? But she, was she the dope woman that she knew from 35 years before? And, um, and of course, if you ever seen anybody that got out of that, you know, they, they looked totally different, right? Because she was uh, uh, near death at that point in time. She was very frail, very weak, very thin, right? She'd lost most, uh, uh, most of her weight. Uh, and um, I'm sure she didn't look anything uh, at 35 years later that she did when she was in the middle of all that. Uh, and so, so she received that, that uh, deliverance uh, from her drug addiction. And so she listed several things here of what uh, that meant for her. Uh, and the very first one was victorious life for her body. And so she was just reflecting in this chapter, you know, what has this what has this meant to her to be healed and delivered from uh, this uh, drug addiction? And the first thing she said it was victorious life of her body uh, and promises turned into facts. I like that phrase promises turned into facts. And that's really, you know, who cares about a promise and turn, until it turns into a fact. Right. Uh, I could promise stuff to you all day long, but until I actually follow through and make it happen then they're just empty words, right? Uh, but promises turned into facts in bone, muscle, nerves, organs, and tissues in hers. Because she had to have, you know, when, you, when, you're, when you're that addicted to drugs, it affects your entire body, right? If all your organs, your blood vessels, it affects your mind, um, it affects uh, um, your eyesight, uh, it affects everything about you if you're that addicted to these strong drugs. And of course, uh, you know, I've heard nowadays that morphine was considered to be one of the worst drugs you could get addicted to, but uh, people that know tell us that some of the pain uh, killers they give today are hundreds and thousands of times more potent than morphine was. Uh, and, uh, and of course, that's part of the reason why you know, prescription drug pills, they go for about $20 a pill. You know, last time I checked the, the stock market for pills, that's what they were going for. You know, I don't really keep up with that stuff, but that's what I've heard, you know, that if you have uh, a prescription uh, drugs, then you can sell them for $20 a pill, right? So you go and fake that you're sick and they, they write your prescription, you go buy it, and then you go resell it for $20 a pill. Uh, and, um, 
not, I don't, I don't, you know, I was going to think, well, who in here knows if it's more than, I don't really want because if you know, why do you know, right? Why, why would you know that? So I don't really know, want to know if you know that, but, uh, uh, but, uh, $7,500 a pill. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. 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 He stole my pain meds. Wow. And then the weird thing was, and I started figuring it out because I, yeah. I was doubled over. I couldn't even think. Oh, yeah. And he brought me in morphine, which was interesting. I mean, yeah. not what they prescribed. Right. The morphine, the relief from it only lasts about half an hour. Right. It's right. real quick. Yeah. And it works for, you know, half an hour, but then it doesn't work. And I buzz and hit in the butt. I said, well, <laughs> you know, the morphine, and I know that they don't, they prescribe morphine. Other things, right. Right, right. And he, he just disappeared, so I ended up reporting to the... Oh, wow, wow, yeah. Well, it's, it's um, I mean, um, you know, I think I've taken one pain reliever pill, I don't know, 20 years ago or so, and, and it made, your, made my, my mind all foggy, you know, and I thought, well, I don't want to do that anymore. So uh, I have taken one, so I know what it's like, you know, because, you know, you got to experience that for everybody else, right? So you take one and once and done, and... and um, but people like to take that because it removes their connection with reality, right? Uh, and um, uh, and and some, you know, a lot of people live their lives in such a way that the reality is such a hell for their the way they live that they want to get removed from that reality. Uh, and a much better way to live is to live in days of heaven upon the earth. And so you don't want to miss anything, right? I, I want to be clear-minded every day, and and um, uh, and so I have no desire to be involved in any of that kind of stuff but um but i understand you know people's lives are different than mine and uh and of course they could be as good as mine you know i have a great life uh i'm not special in any way you know but um uh but people will, will uh get on that prescription medication because it removes their connection with reality so they don't have to face it and change and do whatever right mm -hmm. uh and uh you'd be much better off applying faith to change your reality because uh the Lord showed me years ago that the primary purpose of faith is to change your reality to line up with the word of God. In uh, whatever reality you're living in, the Bible says you can have days of heaven upon the earth. So if you're not living in days of heaven upon the earth, then one great way to get there, really the only way to get there is to use your faith to, dis to disassemble uh, all of the uh, problems in your life and re rebuild your life uh, in the same form and shape as heaven. Uh, full of peace, full of joy, full of contentment, full of healing and health and clear-mindedness. That's a great way to live. Uh, and, uh, and I would never give it up, you know. Amen. People try to bring drama into my life. It's like, I'm not giving up my peace for you. Are you kidding me? You know, yeah, what a waste of time, you know. You want to bring drama into my life? I don't think so, you know. Uh, and um, I told you, uh, I was just testifying about how I, I never live in drama. I don't, there's no drama in my life. You come to my house, peace and quiet all the time, right? Unless we're playing cards and then, it's, you know, after that, you know, uh, you, get, you can get a little tense there, right? You know, uh, you know, I think you cheated, you know, uh, but besides that, you know, it's all, it's all days of heaven upon the earth, right? Uh, and so, uh, and someone came up to me and said, I hope you have the worst uh, grandkids ever because mine are terrible and all they do is cause me grief. And I think, well, thank you. I appreciate those kind words, you know, for wishing uh, uh, ill on me. Uh, but see, I wouldn't put up with that, you know, you, you, grandkids, you know, uh, either we're going to jerk some slack out of them or send them home, you know, I mean, you know, we're not letting them come and tear down our house, you know, and uh, you know, go tear up your own house, you know, uh, but, um, uh, and of course, you know, I'm sure we'll spoil them rotten uh, when, uh, when we have grandkids there, but, um, but we won't ever allow them to be unkind, right, and to be, and to be uh, full of drama, you know, there's no way, you know, uh, there's no way. We, uh, uh, once you get out of drama, man, you'll never go back. I live in no drama every day. Uh, and, um, uh, and, you know, I deal with a lot of things, but I got no drama, you know. Uh, and so, uh, so she said that uh, promises turned into facts. I like that phrase, promises turned into facts. Uh, that's faith, right? That's how faith operates. It. Faith will turn a promise into a fact. Uh, and so... Uh, she said, delightful buoyancy and all-around sense of physical well-being. Uh, now, we don't usually talk this way much anymore, delightful buoyancy. When was the last time you talked like that, right? 
but it just means that her, her life was light, lighthearted, right? And, they, the, and the testimony of people who knew Dr. Yeoman said she was always the life of the party, even up to her 80s, uh, and just always uh, just uh, uh, real pleasant to be around and just, uh, just all around a wonderful person. Uh, and that's, you know, that's who the Lord made all of us to be, right? Delightful buoyancy and all-around sense of physical well-being. Uh, and, you know, there are people who live lives that are sickly. You know what I'm talking about? Just, they always just don't feel good, right? Uh, and they don't have anything major wrong with them necessarily, right? I mean, they could have some major health issues, but uh, it's just always something, right? Either headaches or, you know, their joints ache or they can't sleep or, you know, they can't eat really well or, uh, you know, it's always, it's always something going on, right? Uh, and, and some people live that way every day because uh, of this fallen world that we live in. And sometimes it's due to their, uh, to their physical makeup, their DNA that it was passed on to them from their parents. Sometimes it's because of their life choices. Sometimes it's because it's Tuesday. It's not got anything to do with anything. Uh, but the nice thing is, regardless of where you are today, you can apply faith in the Word of God and get, get your... Uh, body lined up with the word of God, get it to where it's, it's physically well and healed and stay well and healed. And, and um, you know, my, my doctor, oh, you know, he, he, he doesn't ask, are you on any prescription medication? He, he'll ask, well, what prescription medication are you on? You know, and I'll tell him when well, I'm not under any. Well, why not? Well, I don't need any, right? I mean, it's not that I'm, it's not that I'm not, you know, I'm just avoiding things and and, and not taking medication when I need it, it's I'm taking all the medication when I need, which is none. I don't need anything. I don't need any blood pressure medication. I don't need, well, how do you sleep? Like a baby every night, right? Well, you know, you have any problems with joint pains? Uh, no. Uh, what about, you know, other, other problems? You know, no, no, no problems, right? Now, listen, you know, all these things. And, and, you know, one of the last times I went to him, he said, you're disgustingly healthy. Uh, that was the words that he used, right? Uh, and, and, but I plan on being that way. He's, you know, he said, uh, of course he doesn't, his, he doesn't have any faith. He hasn't hooked up with me at all. He said, well, it's just coming. It's all coming. You just wait. It's all going to, it's all going to fall off eventually. Right. Uh, and of course that's been several years and I feel better now, even than when I was last time I saw him. Right. And I need to haven't been around to him in a while. In fact, uh, I think he didn't retire. He retired. Yeah. I could go get another, I got to go get a new doctor. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the devil's trying to take Johnny out lots of times, right? Johnny's believed God, you know, and, and uh, uh, you know, I'm sure Gabriel's up in heaven going, up. Oh, there's, uh, he's at what, no, he's like nine lives, right? I think he's at number eight right now, right? Uh, and so, uh, but uh, Johnny's going to live his whole, uh, as long as he wants to live, right? And I think you're at a hundred years, that's your plan right now, right? With a hundred years, and then you're going to negotiate at that point, right? Yeah, and so, um, you know, let's start at 100, and then we'll talk about it, right? And so, you know, because uh, he doesn't want to be, you know, he doesn't want to be too selfish and go to 120 years, you know, go 100, because, you know, after a while, you just want to go home to be with the Lord. I mean, after a while, especially the more you get to, you know, the more I get to know the Lord, the more I desire to be with him every day. Uh, and, and, you know, I can't wait to see him. And, and I just, sometimes it's like, you, like Enoch, right? Enoch, the Bible says that he walked so close with the God that one day he wasn't. Not that he died, he just, I think he slipped over into the realm of the Spirit and, and didn't know how to get back or didn't want to come back. Uh, and, and he's only one of two people who never died in the, in the Bible, right? Do we know who the, who the other one was? Elijah. It was Elijah, right? He was caught up in, in the chariots of fire, right? And, uh, and uh, it didn't say he took his body, you know, and buried it somewhere. He just, uh, uh, and so, uh, so, um, you know, I think there's a place that you can get to where uh, the reality of the Lord is so so real to you that you just you know I'm just done with this. I'm all all the stuff. I'm all done with this. I'm done with being hungry. Done with having to get the temperature right. I'm just done with you know with uh, foolishness of people and, uh, and uh, just ready to go home to the Lord. And and you know then that's fine, right? Uh, perfectly. And that's really the way we should do uh, when we're ready to go home. Lord, I'm I'm ready to go right now. You know. Uh, and I remember you know the story was back. Uh, and, you know, Brother Hagen passed in 2003, well, in 1987. Uh, so this is, uh, what's 1987, so it's 16 years before that, right? Um, he was kind of having just uh, one of those situations where he said he'd fought more devils in the last year uh, than in all of his prior ministry before that. Uh, and when he's fighting devils, you know, a lot of it is just people saying unkind things to him and, you know, the devil trying to attack him every day and, uh, and he just kind of got tired of it, 
Uh, and, and he told the Lord, he said, Lord, I, I just want to go home. But, you know, uh, if we're really servants of the Lord, that's a negotiation because the Lord may have things on his plate for you to do that you're the only one that can do it. Uh, and you're the best person for that job. Uh, and so uh, there was uh, uh, Dr. Dufresne prophesied over him. There's other ministers prophesied over him and kind of got him back on track to where um, uh, to where he was with us for uh, another 16 years. And really, if he had gone in 1987, I would have never got to see him in, in service because 1987 is when I think I read the uh, first book of his, you know, which was um, How to Be Led by the Spirit of God. And one of the still one of the greatest faith books, I think, ex- is in existence right now. Uh, but um, um, but he, so he gets got tired of the fight. He got tired of, of the constant battles and and um, uh, and he was ready to go home in 1987. But, you know, uh, sound minds prevailed and, and they prayed for him, encouraged him. And um, uh, and, and, you know, uh, Brother Hagen, he walked so closely with the Lord you know, that he just loved the Lord. And, uh, you know, there was just a time when he was ready to go home. And in 2003 was that time, right? Uh, and uh, he didn't die of sickness and disease. He was just eating breakfast one day and just fell over dead. Uh, and so um, he didn't have any, hadn't had any history of heart disease or anything like that, right? Uh, and so, um, so she continued on and said that, uh, uh, that the benefits of that was that it was far exceeding the joy of life. Uh, you know, Christians ought to be the happiest people on the earth. We ought to be full of joy every day. We have the right and the privilege to be full of joy every day, right? Uh, and grumpy Christians, you know, I, I, I never understood, you know, grumpy Christians because the worst thing could happen, you die and go to heaven, right? So how bad could it be, right? Uh, but uh, Christians can be some of the, the, the just most grumpiest people, right? Unhappy people. And we ought to just be happy people, right? The far exceeding the joy of life, right? Didn't Jesus say, ask, you know, and shall be given to you, that your joy may be full? That your joy may be full, right? Fullness of joy. So, you know, uh, sometimes people, oh, I could just have one nice day, one good day. Well, that is a very uh, low bar compared to what he said you could have. Yes. Every day, right? Fullness of joy. Yes. I mean, you, you could be so happy you can't hardly stand it, right? Uh, and that's the way I want to live. I want to live so ha- And, you know, th- I have observed that people get really annoyed if you're always happy. Yeah. That some people just don't like it. Yeah. People, you know, just like, what's wrong with you? You know, it can't be nearly that good. Well, if I had it as easy like you had, yeah. right, well, then I wouldn't be, you know, you know I would be happy too, right? It's like, well, where were you when I was believing God every day? Where were you when I was in faith? You know, I mean, you all know that I was an orphan. Where were you when I was an orphan? When my mom and dad, you know, I, I, that's always a good card to pull out. You know, well, I was an orphan at 15, you know. What were you doing when you was 15, you know? Uh, and, of course, you know, that's kind of unfair uh, competition. But, uh, but, you know, they think you got it easy, right? Well, I was an orphan uh, and with no prospects, you know. I'm the youngest of 11. Nobody in my family graduated from college. Nobody in my family had, had a career uh, in any kind of, uh, you know, and nothing's wrong with that. You know, I gotta, you don't have to go to college, but... Nobody ever had. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, I ended up going to college and uh, graduated from college uh, several times, actually. I got a whole collection of degrees. And if you'd like to see them and be impressed, I'll, sh- I'll pull them up for you someday, right? <laughs> They're just paper, though, right? Uh, but see, um, uh, people think you got it easy, but it, it always looks easy when you're walking in faith, mm. right? If you're a person of faith, people look at you and think you got it easy. And, you know, and, and in one sense, you do, because... Uh, if, uh, uh, if depression comes, in fact, just the other day, I was, uh, I was just, uh, driving here and here and there and, and this cloud tried to get on me uh, and, and, uh, it wasn't the, the spirit of the Lord, but it was just the, the knowledge of the word. So this is an attack of the enemy. And, and now see a lot of people, most of the time when that happens, they yield to that and they get, they get that cloud, that gray cloud on them. And they go and go and pull all the curtains down, right? And hide under the covers for a few days, right? And they get that brown headache. I don't know what that is, brown headache. You ever heard of brown headache, right? A brown headache, you know? Uh, and uh, whatever that is, you know, it sounds bad, though, doesn't it, right? Uh, and, and, uh, and it takes them days to get over that, right? But see, when you're a person of faith, you go, oh, that's just an attack from the enemy. I'm not doing that. That's a waste of time. I ain't got time for that. And it's over, right? I mean, as soon as I recognized what it was, it was over because the enemy was found, right? He, he, was, found, he was found out because he got sneaky. Well, you know, you're so hard and 
and um, it's like, whatever, you know, grow up. Uh, and so, so because we can live far exceeding the joy of life, right? Uh, that's the desire, because uh, if we really can live in the fullness of faith and the fullness of the word of God teaches us, we don't have any problems, right? Many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the, what, the Lord does what? How, how many does he deliver us from? So if you were really delivered from all your afflictions, is that what it promises, right? The Lord delivers him from what? All of them. If you really were delivered from all of your afflictions, what, what would you have? What problems would you have? There are no problems in life. If you're really delivered from all of your afflictions, and so the Bible never said there won't be any afflictions. The Bible said there will be plenty of afflictions of the right. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Well, what are the afflictions of? People mad at you, people, you know, trying to take advantage of you, you know, the devil trying to put one on you, sickness and disease trying to get on you. There's a lot of afflictions that come. But if every single one of them, yet you're delivered from that one, you're delivered from that one, you're delivered from that one, you just sit back and go, wow, this is really fun watching all this, right? Uh, and then you, you can have fullness of joy. Now, that's not pie in the sky. That's not, well, nobody can live that way. You live that way anytime you want to. I live that way every day. Uh, every day I live that way. And yeah, some people get weary because I'm just in a good mood and, and positive about most things. And I don't care. I mean, you know, it's like I'd rather be happy in my little naive world than, than uh, in your, quote, reality full of, of gloom and doom, right? You're not living in reality because you're living in the, the fallen world and looking like a fallen world, that's not reality. In fact, everything we see here is temporal, right? Subject to change. That's right. That's right. The only reality that exists is the spirit realm. Yes. It does, yes. It's not subject to change. Uh, and so <laughs> uh, I actually live in more reality than most of the world does because most of the world lives in what they can see. Mm. I live in the, the world that I can't see. Uh, and that's the way I'm going to live because that's the fullness of joy. Now, that's, that's the goal, the desire that the Lord has for us. Didn't he say that thy, thy will be done on what? Earth, Earth as it is where? In heaven, that's Jesus said, my will and desire is that whatever, you, whatever you're living in right here, it looks just like you're going to live up there. So any sickness and disease up there? Any lack? Any drama up there? No drama. There's no drama in heaven, right? Well, there, there goes Abraham again, you know. He got all them cattle and sheep again, you know. <laughs> taking up all the room on the road. Can't get by him, you know. He's all them cattle and sheep everywhere, you know. There they go, you know. There's no drama in heaven, right? Uh, there's nobody fussing and fighting in heaven. And yet the church full of fussing and fighting, right? Uh, and I mean, even the church, you know, how many fights have been in churches, right? Uh, you know, uh, just listen to Sue. She's got all kinds of great stories about fussing and fighting going on at a church. I know Dr. Dufresne told, told me when he was, uh, not me personally, he was telling us, you know, the ministers there, that uh, when he was a deacon, so he wasn't very sanctified yet. He'd just been saved for a little while. Somebody said something about his, about his pastor, and he just punched him in the, in the parking lot and knocked him out, you know, uh, knocked, him, knocked him down anyway. Uh, as a deacon, he was a deacon, right? On, on the deacon board there, right? Uh, uh, yeah, and so, yeah, that's, uh, 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 he just, uh, 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 yeah, there you go. So there you go. Well, see, the prophet did that too. So if the prophet can punch somebody out, then I can too, right? Uh, and so, uh, but, um, uh, so he wasn't quite sanctified yet. But, but uh, you know, the church as a whole, we're not, we don't look very different than the world, right? We backstab like the world backstabs. We cheat and lie like the world cheats and lies. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've caught people on just a lie in the church, right? You know, and, and hey, uh, you know, can, can you, uh, well, I don't want to say anything in particular. People get under pressure, but, <laughs> but I've got many people lying in the church, right? You know, hey, hey, how's it going? You know, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, you know, you're in the church, right? I mean. Uh, but uh, y'all not lie at least as much in church, right? At least break maybe halfway as church, right? Is that okay? No, y'all not be any lying at church. But uh, you know the church. The reason why the uh, the reason why a uh, big reason why the world doesn't want to come to the church because we don't look any different than them. We're not any happier. We're not any healthier. We're not any 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 more full of more joy than they are. Uh, and, and they're happy because they got no constraints on their flesh. We should be happy because we have no constraints on our spirit. Now that's the, the real joy is when you have no constraints in your spirit. Uh, but when you allow your flesh to rise up, every time your flesh rises up, it constrains your spirit. Now, the world loves living that way. I don't like living that way. I like living where there's no constraint in my spirit that I can be as full of joy as I want to be. Uh, and so, uh, so she finished up that uh, and just talked about how uh, she can mount up with wings as, as eagles, run without resultant weariness, walk and not faint. Is that what Isaiah told us, right? Uh, and we can, we can run 
uh, and not faint, right? Um, and so mount up with wings as eagles. Uh, and well, that's, is that a promise? Can we really live that way? Well, sure we can. Now see, now see all of this was a result of her uh, obtaining the faith uh, to be healed of that. But see, faith has got great benefits that, that will go beyond just you receiving your healing. If you'll stay in faith, uh, it, it provides all these benefits, right? All these blessings and increase. Uh, you know, and I told you the story of, of when um, I got the faith uh, just for sleeping, right? Uh, and finally the Lord took me to the Word of God. And, and uh, the Bible says that, that He gives His beloved sweet sleep. Uh, and that's what the Word of God says. So I, I'd go to bed. Uh, every night, say, Lord, I thank you. I sleep well every night uh, because I wasn't sleeping before that. I wasn't sleeping well before that. And this was, you know, probably a, a year or two after we were married even. Uh, and um, uh, and then I, and I got it. Uh, all of that, all the sleeping problems went away. Now, see, a lot of people would go to the doctor and get some kind of sleeping pill. And if you read the sleeping pills, they say uh, may help you fall asleep. It might also cause you to commit suicide. It might also you to cause you to, to axe murder your neighbor. I mean, they got ter- sleeping pills have got terrible side effects, right? Potential side effects, right? Uh, and uh, might have uh, aggression and t- uh, aggressive tendencies or something like that, you know? And it's like, well, how, how, can you, uh, how can that cause you to sleep well, but also may cause you to want to have aggression towards somebody? I don't know how it seemed like those are two would be in conflict, right? But I don't know, you know? And so, um, but, so I didn't get on any, any prescription medication. My prescription was the word of God. And 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 and, and, and you know, the thing is, uh, when the Lord gave me those two weeks tops, two weeks, having dealt with that for years and years and years, about 20 years of not sleeping well, two weeks, you know, uh, is all it took of taking that prescription every night and declaring that I will sleep well because, uh, Lord, you said in your word that you give your beloved sweet sleep. Uh, and that has paid me dividends ever since then. I sleep anywhere. I don't have to have a certain temperature, certain kind of bed, certain, you know, darkness or whatever. You know, some people, it's got to be exactly, you know, this right here, certain temperature, humidity, right? If it's not that, they're going to get mad. And, you know, the pillow has to be perfect. You know, remember the, the princess and the pea, the, the little story, right? You know, you got 12 mattresses and one pea on there. It's like, oh, I can't sleep. It's, oh, that's my back's killing me, right? Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, that's the way some people are. They can't sleep unless everything's perfect. I can sleep on a stump. I mean, it just don't matter where, you know, I, I get on an airplane and, and I'll take a nap before we even get off the tarmac, right? I've taken a nap, woke up, it's like, we're, we haven't launched yet. Yeah, there's a little delay, you know. It's like, well, I'm already taking my nap. What am I going to do now for the next 20 minutes, right? Uh, and so, uh, but, and that's paid me dividends for years. I sleep well every night, every single night, you know. And, and if I've ever not had a, uh, been able to sleep, uh, I'll just check up on myself and, and I'll find out, well, I'm worrying about something. And, and, it, and, and, Number one, first thing I always do is I always repent. So the only thing that's ever kept me from sleeping is worrying uh, since that time. Uh, and every time when I've realized that, I always repent. Lord, I, I ask you to forgive me for worrying because worrying is a sign of doubt and unbelief. Uh, and it's out of the will of God. And then I deal with it and then I go back to sleep. Uh, and then I wake up, you know. And doctor said, well, how many times a night do you get up? None. Uh, what do you mean none? Well, none, right? I go to, I go to sleep. And then I wake up and I get out of bed, you know, uh, maybe not quite that quite quick. You know, I wake up and I, you know, eventually get out of bed. But, you know, um, uh, that's just because, you know, I'd like to read and, you know, uh, before I get up and stuff. So uh, but that's another discussion. So uh, but this is this is God's desire. Right. And so if you can learn how to overcome some of these major problems, especially in the area of sickness and disease by faith, it provides great benefits. Because once you understand how faith works, you can apply faith to anything. And well, Lord, I got I, that. I overcame that, so then I can overcome this. If I overcame that that, that toe ache, then I can overcome you know a headache. I can overcome this. You know, I don't get headaches. I don't you know I don't take uh, pain relievers. I don't take uh, pizza chasers, and I don't have uh, you know uh, what do you call it, indigestion. And uh, you know, I eat whatever I want to eat and whenever I want to eat it, and and uh, and it doesn't bother me uh, because it's all the same thing. It's all faith, right, in the Word of God, uh, and so. So, uh, and then she talked about how um, um, that cruise of oil symbolized the life of Jesus uh, from uh, the days of Elijah, right? Uh, that it never ran out, um, and um, it, 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 it was there until the, until the Lord sent the rain. 
Uh, you remember the story there where the woman had the cruise of oil there, right? And, and, uh, and that's how they survived, right? Uh, and, and so she said that, that that barrel of meal and the cruise of oil symbolized the life of being in Jesus since it never fails and never runs out. And that's really how the Lord desires all of us to live. Amen. Not just for certain special people, right? But all of us can live that way and have good lives. And, and it ought to be based upon faith, not just based upon, I mean, one way to get rid of drama is to go uh, get a house up on the backside of the moon somewhere and you don't have to deal with people. Uh, well, that's one way to avoid drama is to not ever deal with people. Uh, but um, that's not God's best, right? You don't run away from things. You know, just be right in the midst of, midst of everything. Uh, and by faith, you can overcome those things. And so, uh, so that, that, and that was the whole chapter, right? That, the whole first chapter of that book there. So, um, like I said, some of these chapters will go by pretty quick there. Um, and the only question I had was, what does the, woman's, uh, the widow woman's barrel of meal and cruise of oil represent? And we just say what it represents, right? What does it represent? life of Jesus right um, and so that that's God's best that's God's desire for the church to live that way and um, you know the church has come kind of a you know a long way in many in many ways in, in, in the wrong direction from that ideal right uh, but but um, the nice thing about it though is regardless of where we are today you know if we look at our lives and because Part of what I do is I look at my life and I reflect upon my life in relation to how close to the word of God am I living? Do I, am I living like the word promises that I can live, full of joy, full of peace? Uh, and I will reflect upon my own life. And Lord, am I living up to that ideal? Am I living? And it's not something I'm trying to earn. It's just that's a good way to live, right? Uh, and when I find that I'm not uh, living up to the ideal of the, the word of God promises that I can then I go about changing. Well, Lord, how do I change that? Lord, what do I need to do to live that way? What do I need to do differently to be that person that your word shows that I can be? Uh, and, you know, the, 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 the only problem with desiring to live that way is if you do, he will give you a list of things to change every day. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you got to stop lying. Well, Lord, I can't stop lying. I mean, you know, that, that's how I get everything. You know, I lie about everything, right? Uh, uh, and people do that every time, right? I mean, in the church, right? Uh, lie and cheat and steal with their brother and sister. I mean, you know, how many times have people uh, done wrong to people inside the church, right? Uh, and so uh, it's just a big mess, right? Uh, now, you can live that way, uh, but the only way you can live that way is if you're willing to give up everything, right? Uh, if any, it, there, there can be nothing in your life if you're not willing to give up uh, in order to obtain the promises of heaven, amen? Yeah. Uh, if you want to hold on to all of your pet peeves and all of your all of your ways of doing things well like you know i'm not giving that up you know i'm just an angry person you know, i'm just i'm an emotional person you ever heard people say i'm just an emotional person blah 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 right you're a child of god that's right you're not an emotional person you're a child of god yeah. uh, that's who you are a king died for you so there's there's nothing you can't give up if uh, if you're willing to right yeah, but people make excuses you know and uh but what i found is uh uh People that live in excuses are people of low faith because they will excuse away their lack of faith every day. Well, you know, I can't live that way. Well, you can't. I can't live that way. Nobody can live that way. No, that's not true. Uh, anybody can live that way. In fact, Jesus said Jesus, uh, people live that way the most. It's a children, right? And faith is as of a child. Uh, and that's really the issue. We all get too, too big for our britches, right? That's, that's what, at least my mom used to call it. You know, I don't really know what that means, too big for your britches, but that's what she used to say, right? You're too big for your britches. And then she'd beat them off of me, you know, and, and so, uh, but, um, and so uh, we went, we need to have faith like the child, right? Uh, and so praise God. Well, let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So Father, we thank you for the word of God. And Father, we thank you that the great victory and peace can come from faith. And Father, we can have great victory over sickness and disease. And that faith, Father, of overcome that sickness and disease will, will bring us great dividends of peace and joy and fullness in our lives. And so, Father, we thank you that it's your desire that we live that way because we need to be an example to the world of here's what joy looks like. Here's what great peace looks like. Here's what overcoming supernatural miracle work and power looks like. Be like us. Follow the path to heaven. And, Father, that's always been your plan from the beginning. And so, Father, we thank you for that. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? He is good. Amen. 
you know, if he's a good God, then he'd want to heal your body, wouldn't he? Amen. That's pretty simple uh, doctrine, but that be, should be pretty easy to understand, right? Uh, in what scenario would a good God desire for you to be sick? There is no scenario that he could ever come up with it. You know, this, this is a time when I, I really want, because I love them so much, I really want them to be sick. There's no way he would ever come up to that conclusion, right? Uh, and yet people in the church say things like that. So, um, but let's get ready to receive this afternoon's offering. And um, uh, we won't get done with uh, this book by the end of the year, but we don't, we don't schedule anything according to the calendar anyway. We just kind of go along as we go along, right? Uh, and so according to my, my notes here, we're on page 34 of 91 of my notes. So I don't know how long it's going to take you through to get the rest of these book here, right? So because uh, do, do you remember when we started this uh, class? Uh, my notes say it, it 2019 of February. I started writing my notes in February of 2019, so a couple of years ago. But um, um, I guess it'd be three years ago in uh, February. So, uh, but um, <coughs> July. July. July the 11th. Okay, well, about six months. So uh, looks like we got about twice as far we go. So, um, yeah, maybe another year we'll be done with this book, right? So, hey. Yeah, we'll be smoking right through it right there, right? So come ahead, Mr. Jared, and receive the offering. And we got nowhere to go, right? So uh, we might as well uh, take our time and go through this. I've been reading another book um, by A.B. Simpson um, about healing, and uh, he's been gone for many, many years. And uh, it's amazing to me because this book was written, um, I think this book was written in the 1800s. I'll have to go back and check uh, to be sure. Uh, but it's just as accurate, you know, as anything in the last... Uh, 20 years written, you know, uh, and um, it's amazing. You know, you think, well, we got all this great new revelation. It's been around forever, right? Uh, and so, um, so well, I haven't decided if that's going to be our next book, but it looks like a pretty good candidate so far there. So, uh, but praise God, y'all be blessed. Be healed. Amen. Uh, live in life and divine health, and we'll see you next Sunday.